Let Darlings podcast. I'm Rebecca Cooney. I'm Hannah Hutzper. And I'm Laurie Eaves. Dead Darlings is a monthly podcast for the spoken word community in London and beyond. Normally, we'd be bringing you interviews, tips, inspiration and above all awesome poetry from London's spoken word scene and telling you what's on and where you can submit your work. This month, we're going to try to do as much of that as possible. But as you'll have noticed, there's a global pandemic slash minor apocalypse on. So we've had to shake that up a little bit. (laughs) We're recording this episode remotely, as you can probably tell, it might feel a little bit stilted. Um, And in the absence of any open mics to go on, we've decided, guys, we're just going to hold our own over the phone. Our amazing listeners have phoned into our online voicemail system to leave their submissions, and we're really excited to share them all with you later on in the show. We'll also be bringing you our coronavirus notice board, as well as the usual submission opportunities. We'll also be giving you details of any virtual poetry events taking place over the next few days. And most importantly of all, we'll be letting you know how you can support artists during this difficult time. We've also got some details of grants and um, support that might be available for you guys. Um, but first, how is everybody? <laughs> how are we all how doing? How is the apocalypse treating you? <laughs> this is where we usually say, oh, yeah, I went to Genesis on Thursday. And um... yeah. <laughs> I did go to an online open. I did my first online open mic on Saturday, uh, and Niz Ahmed organised it. Um, mm-hmm. And do you know what? It was really nice. Yeah. I was very, very dubious about how it's going to work, um, whether it would feel the same. But actually, once you get into it, it mm-hmm. does. It is. It does feel very much the same, um, and it's quite nice actually having the little uh, chat. So, so it, was, it was on Zoom, and you can have the little kind. Of, oh no, sorry, it was Microsoft Teams, and you can have the little sort of chat box next to it. So people were kind of like going, oh, I love that line, I love that line, and kind of literally typing click, okay. click out. Um, and it was So clicking really in a different nice. sense. Yeah. To the <laughs> usual open mic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, it was really lovely. And I I think I realised two things. One is I've missed poetry people. Um, mm-hmm. Not just not just because there were some people I knew uh, and there were some people I didn't know, and that was really lovely. Um, and I've just, yeah, I've just missed that type of people and that type of connection you get from a poetry night. Um, but also I realised um, I've missed, like, the unexpected. That okay. When you're in your house all the time, um, particularly in kind of, you know, this era of sort of on-demand TV, of Netflix and Amazon and stuff, where you don't sit and watch the television or have the radio on, you put a podcast on or whatever, that, that you never, you, you get so much less opportunity for stuff that you weren't actively seeking out to come find you, that you wouldn't have necessarily picked up and read or listened to, but actually somebody presents you with a poem and you go, yeah, that's great. I love that or that's really interesting um and I think I've really yeah I've missed that in the last few weeks of of being mostly indoors um and mostly in my flat um so yeah so that's that's been my poetry thing for the month how about you guys my month has been goodness so I've been moving house this month um at the same point that everyone started panic buying uh toilet roll uh I was packing everything up into a moving van um so it's been like and then at the point that everyone was uh told to work from home uh that was the point that we were trying to get the internet set up but suddenly everything in curry's and dixon's had been uh already bought so i uh, it's been like the 1990s here we have been using fm radios and dvds and i felt a bit cut off which in some ways has been a blessing like i have had enough time with my uh Re- rearranging my many many boxes of books onto a new bookshelf so i've got a few things picked out for reading later 
So I've been a little bit cut off while all this has been happening. And also I haven't sort of, my normal hasn't changed in the place that I was already, if that makes sense. Um, everything has gone weird in a completely new location. Um, but yeah, I have been offline and reading mostly. <laughs> what have I been up to? Well, guys, um, I highly recommend releasing a book at the height of a global pandemic it's a really nice way of doing it um yeah it's been a very peculiar month uh i uh obviously you can never tell what the world's gonna be like when you've been working on a big project um for a while i don't quite think i was anticipating it to be like this but okay so what have I had? I have had the book come out on the 15th of March, which was lovely. Um, I went and had pancakes and just had a lovely day. And uh, it was just very nice little walk by the river. And then on Monday, the 16th, everything just kind of fell apart completely. So... I've had, yeah, obviously moving to work from home as well. I've had, uh, I mean, I'm very lucky to be able to work from home and to to be able to work, obviously. Um, But also, I mean, I'm amazed anybody's been buying copies of the book at all, Uh, but they have, which is amazing. And they are still available. They are still for sale by mail. But yeah, I moved as well um (laughs) all of a sudden during the uh during the last couple of weeks which was an unexpected move unlike your one Hannah so it was just a case of like grabbing my belongings and a big box of books to take with me (laughs) to relocate so um yeah that's been an interesting one it's interesting seeing how kind of the plan of touring etc is suddenly changing um which you know i'm actually feeling fine about um but then i'm in the fortunate position that i'm working full-time and you know the touring and everything is is a bit of fun and something that i'm gonna enjoy rather than it being something i'm financially dependent on so i know for other artists who had big projects coming out over the next couple of months this is a much more scary frightening time and um obviously we want to continue to try and support them as best we can and it's um yeah a weird time to be working in any industry but particularly industries that are so reliant on freelancers and so reliant on people putting in their own time putting in their own money to get their projects off the ground and now who knows? It's a weird and difficult time for everybody. Like I keep seeing all these online open mics and things and I haven't actually gone to any yet. Frankly, and I don't mean this as a knock to anybody, but it's kind of overwhelming. Like just the amount of like invites, come and join this community, come and do this this open mic, come and do this, this thing. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just need right now there are other things that are taking priority for all sorts of reasons for everybody. And, you know, it's great that that infrastructure is springing up, but it's also, I think it's going to take its time to find its feet and work out what is, you know, um, working and what's not working in that space. Um, And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting working out how that 
shift is. I mean, yeah, this is like the second like pod- podcast thing I've done this week, and I've got another one before the end of the like podcasts are suddenly like taking up my time because it's it's suddenly what people want, <laughs> like, yeah. content wise. <laughs> And I think that the flip side of that, and I absolutely, I think I agree with you that I've kind of felt like, whoa, the world has fallen apart a bit. Just give me a second to breathe and figure it out. Yeah. Go to bed for a bit. Um, but like the the speed with which people have gone, okay, the event's off, get on Zoom and got to grips with the technology mm. and got to grips with the workarounds and kind of really thrown themselves into it with the same energy that you see people yeah. organizing physical nights is amazing. Like it, it does just- absolutely such amazing things of of this scene of this community and i think that's that's been impressive yeah and very heartwarming for the poetry community but yes you know i, I do also the, yeah there's been a little bit of me that's been like i actually just don't want to communicate with anybody right yeah. now um but yeah but it feels like um an almost immediate reaction has been we have all got to be in each other's pockets all the time in order to keep connections and mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's certainly something that is like you think about a normal night at home, you wouldn't be inviting a lot of people into your home to hear you read. And it's a, a thing that takes a little bit of getting used to and working out how to make that work in a way that feels appropriate. And I mean, I'm finding that on the on the social aspect as well, that, you know, when you have like a group, you know, I've had a few group drinks mm. on on Zoom. And I actually find it kind of knackering after a while because I'm sort of like you can't ever just go and have a little chat with one person. You're kind of always talking to the whole group. Mm-hmm. There's no kind of moving off to the side and just and just having a little one up and a catch up and a how are you? So it's this weird kind of connection without a lot of maybe intimacy, I don't know, mm. or, or, yeah, that there's always a public element to it. Just like um, performing poetry. <laughs> much like performing poetry. <laughs> but I feel like there's also a flip side, which is that by definition, if we're all meeting online from home and often video conferencing from home, is that you're also sort of sharing your living space in a way that we didn't before this. Which is that, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, I know we've certainly, certainly talked about it as friends, that, you know, we kind of, we see each other, you know, and we see, we see, we meet each other at Poetry Nights, and we watch each other spill our guts out about our deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets, and admit things that we haven't admitted to people very close to us. And then you get, you know, six months into knowing this person quite well, and thinking of them as a close friend, and then going, I don't actually know what the fuck no. you do for a living. No, um, yeah, that happens or, all the time. You know, I, I don't know what your favorite color is or I don't, you know, I don't know anything else about you apart from Mm. your deepest, darkest secrets. I mean, almost certainly the online elements of online slam in some way will continue. And I mean, in terms of physical accessibility and geographical accessibility, it's probably a good move. It, It can link people up across bigger boundaries. There is also introducing, though, a sort of technological barrier that if you don't have the finances or the know-how um you might be excluded in a way that you weren't before if it's just turn up to this pub this time this place i also think there's something very there will be benefits to all these changes like when when we finally emerge at the other end some things will have changed for the better but i feel like some of the changes for the worse are anyone who's trying to make a living as a performer I feel like that will probably be seen as even more tenuous than it was before. And also, I think venues, arts venues, it's it's already difficult to get a good venue, a good accessible venue for an affordable price. And I feel like a lot of venues will have shut up shop. So many arts things are right on that borderline anyway that I feel like 
we'll probably be poorer for spaces when when we all when everything starts up again not goes back to normal because it won't be normal yeah so it'll be very interesting to see how things change that way another change that i think is going to happen like at the moment we are seeing the first initial impact the sort of first link in the chain but in terms of changes post coronavirus shutdown um for example i've noticed uh, this week, The Londonist, the online uh, magazine paper, um, have shut up shop for now. They've taken the furlough payment thing um, because most of their advertising came from theatres and museums and physical places that you visit. So while they'd probably be happy to switch to talking about online events and that kind of thing, um, they, they're not getting the advertising revenue. So I think there's going to be more and more of those kind of second and third and fourth and fifth degree impacts as we go along. At the moment, we're only just seeing the very beginning of it. Shall we move on to the notice board? Yes, let's do the notice board. Early. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, told you we're shaking things up a bit. So now it's time for the notice board section, letting you know what virtual poetry nights are coming up this month and where you can submit your work for publication. And we're also letting you know how you can support artists affected by the pandemic or where you yourself can find support. As you'll probably be aware, many artists and freelance creatives have been hard hit by the lockdown. So if you're in a position to contribute to Patreons, to buy books or just share material online, we know the artists involved will be very grateful, let alone sometimes financially dependent on your support. Okay, so first up, online events. So Allographic and Hammer and Tongue Cambridge, run by the amazing Faye Roberts, um, are responding to the current crisis by moving online uh, and will continue their usual schedule. Uh, so Allographic Open Mic will be the last Sunday of every month. Uh, we'll be using Zoom. Uh, so this month it will be Sunday 26th. And Hammer and Tongue Cambridge will be on the first Friday of every month. Uh, so April 3rd uh, is the first one, featuring Tina Sederholm and Neelam Saridia Braley. And uh, possibly me sacrificing. I think I'm the sacrificial <laughs> for that, but I'm not entirely clear. I need to check with Faye. Tina's fantastic. Love Tina. Awesome. And then Allographic will also start doing uh, weekly writing workshops on Sundays, 2 to 3 p.m. Um, and if you search for Allographic and Hammer and Tongue Cambridge on Facebook for details, I mean, for all of these, I think the simplest thing to do is just to say, go and search for them on Facebook, because uh, that's where we found most of these events. Um, and that's probably the easiest way to find the kind of log on details, because different events have different systems. On the 8th of April at 8 p.m., it's Big Trouble at Winchester Fest, except now that it's an online open mic, it is open much more <laughs> widely than that. In fact, Winchester Fest is organised by Whiskey and Beard Publishers and they've crowdfunded teleconferencing support and they're hosting a full month of open mics, one-off performances and workshops. Um, the full list of events can be found at the Winchester Fest Facebook page. So just go on Facebook and search for Winchester Fest or one word. Shout out to David Dykes for sending us that. On the 8th of April, Burning Eye have got on their Instagram, I think it is, Maria Ferguson's book launch live stream. Um, and Maria's headlining with Laurie Bolger and uh, Molly Naylor supporting. On the 12th of April, Ooh Beehive uh, is an online open mic with uh, a featured set from Miss Yankee, um, and that's got a limited open mic, and that'll be on Zoom. Again, search for them on Facebook. So the Words Down writing workshop with Dean Atter, which was due to happen on the uh, 6th of April, is going to be happening online as well. Um, again, search for that on Facebook. Uh, there's still a couple of tickets available, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, get on that if you're interested in a workshop with Dean Atter. Submissions. 
there is an anthology uh, being put together called Mancunian Ways, which is, and I quote, an anthology for the vibrant and resilient city of Manchester. It's published by Fly on the Wall Press and submissions are open until the 6th of June at midnight. It's open to all UK residents and expats with a strong connection to Manchester. And they're looking for poetry, art and photography, which embodies the spirit of Manchester or, and I quote again, uh, paints a picture of the changing city. And the website for that is flyonthewallpoetry.co.uk forward slash mancunian hyphen ways hyphen anthology. The Fall for Poetry International Chapbook Competition is now open for entries. There's a first prize of €1,000, a second prize of €500, and both winners will win a chapbook publication and 25 complimentary copies. The winning poets are also offered a reading and three notes accommodation at the Cork International Poetry Festival. That sounds very fancy. Competition is open to new, emerging and established poets from any country, including the UK. One of the winners will have no solo collection previously published. That's one of the rules. Um, After 25 entrants will also be publicly listed as highly commended. The manuscripts can be between 16 to 24 pages in length. There's a fee of €25 for each manuscript, and the deadline is 31st of August 2020. Search for Fool for Poetry and uh, Munster Literary Festival for that. Friends of the podcast Bad Betty has an open call for submissions for poems on survival, which is for a Bad Betty anthology launching in autumn 2020. They'd love to see a wide range of interpretations of the theme, so take take it wherever you'd like, from COVID-19 to surviving high school, from the political historical context to the personal and the ways they coexist. Uh, successful poets will have their work published in the book, receive a £50 fee and be invited to perform at the launch with travel reimbursement and a small performer fee. They have put in a caveat saying they can't say whether this is going to be a live event or happening online at the moment because nothing is certain and everything <laughs> you knew has gone to hell. Um, they'll know more uh, as they as lockdown unfolds. Uh, for that, go to badbettypress.com, the-2020-anthology-survival. Also, April is the month of NaPoRimo National Poetry Writing Month, which is like NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month, but it's April. Um, and so you're supposed to write a new poem every day for every day of April. Um, I imagine in the current climate, there'll probably be even more online sort of support and cheerleading and forums and places that you can go to share your work if you're doing it. Um, personally, I've done it a few times. I'm not sure I've always finished 30, but I've always come up with some stuff which has been frankly rubbish and some stuff which actually with a bit of a polish is good work that I still perform these days so I think it's it's really good in terms of exercise if nothing else like Laurie I've heard I've heard Laurie talking about uh writing exercises is like reps doing your reps if you're uh at the gym um and yeah I imagine also if only from a we're living in such a weird time that I feel like the historical record needs the poems that you're going to write this month I reckon I I thoroughly recommend uh, doing NaPoRimo and I mean you could be writing about anything else other than the coronavirus outbreak as well um, please do for your and everyone else's mental health write about other stuff but I feel like also it's it's going to filter through in some interesting ways and it's going to be useful for your therapy and artistic expression and frankly honestly for the historical record um so yeah i thoroughly recommend i i always recommend naporimo but i think this year more than other years i feel like it's i feel like there's more importance behind it (laughs) and it's more important to record what you're thinking what you're feeling what's happening 
Onto supporting artists. With this, we've just taken a range of poets that we know about Patreons. Um, we will probably be doing this in the next episode as well. So if you have a Patreon you would like us to plug, please do get in touch and let us know about it. I know some of the poets on the open mic have also will also be plugging their own Patreons. So and all of this will be on our Facebook page. But yeah, do let us know if uh, you would like to be involved. Uh, Leanne Moden has an online project called Hopeful Poetry. So if you'd like a small personalised poem by Leanne Moden, who is awesome, I can't remember what title she has but she is absolutely fantastic um then you can donate via coffee.com that's ko-fi.com forward slash leanne moden and if you donate something she will write something personalized for you which will be awesome and it's hopeful uplifting poetry at a time that god knows we need it I'm going to add one that isn't yet on the list, um, and that's Toast Poetry over in Norwich. Um, currently have, uh, if you look them up on their Facebook, they are also doing personalised poems. Uh, they've got great names for these. They range from uh, Buttered Toast, which is a £5 poem, right up to sm- Smoked Salmon and Scrambled Eggs on Toast, which is uh, more expensive, but you get a poem written for you <laughs> by Keith Jarrett, which is pretty... Damn exciting. Loud Poets up in Scotland also have a Patreon. Uh, so that's I Am Loud on Patreon. Uh, so www.patreon.com forward slash I Am Loud. Jess Green, who uh, is best known recently for uh, her poetry show about being in love with Jeremy Corbyn. She's also the one who wrote the um, very well produced Fuck You to Michael Gove uh, back when he was education secretary. Uh, she has a Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Jess Green Poet. Jess also runs uh, Find the Right Words podcast, which um, is a live night, but is moving to being a podcast for the time being, um, which I'm going to be on uh, in the next episode. Um, But if you like that, definitely support Jess and her work. Um, I'm going to add again, it's not on our list, but um, Tim Clare runs a great uh, online podcast called Death of a Thousand Cuts. Um, which is currently doing a 100-day writing challenge, and that's completely free to to everybody. Um, but if you want to support Tim and his work, um, he'd, I'm sure he'd really appreciate it. You can um, uh, donate to him on Coffee, which is ko-fi.com, um, and look at it, or look at his website timclairpoet.com, or buy one of his novels, uh, The Ice House or The Honors, which are both great. Uh, and another poet uh, who has a coffee account is uh, Caroline Smiling or Caroline Teague. Uh, you can support them at uh, co- uh, coffeeko-fi.com forward slash Caroline Smiling. And then finally, if you want to support artists, go buy their books. Uh, as I was saying about Tim Clare there. Um, so some fa- if you're in the in the market for poetry, some fabulous poetry presses include Bad Betty, Burning Eye, Fly on the Wall. If there's a poet you know and they've got a book out, Go ask them for details. They, if you buy it direct from them, they will probably, almost certainly, make more money than if you buy it from anywhere else. So get in touch, ask to buy their book, make them feel supported, and actually physically give them some money if you can, because that is very, very helpful. If I can add something to that, um, one of the things that is happening at the moment with this um, with this whole lockdown, uh, and some of you might well be aware of it if you're listening, is that actually there's all these stats about how book sales have gone up because people are say, staying at home, which sounds amazing on the face of it. But actually what is happening is a lot of people are buying their like bucket list books. 
they're buying a lot of their, you know, oh, I always went to meet, to read Charles Dickens. I always meant to read Jane Austen. Don't do that. Go and buy a book by a contemporary author who's still alive. People think they're out of print. Go and go and buy, try for every book that you buy that is um, by a dead author, try and buy one by an author who's alive. <laughs> I know that sounds really stupid if you can afford it. I know that sounds really stupid, but actually what, what we're seeing in the industry is that actually, although every, everything looks like it's up, that's not the case for contemporary writing. And now we've also got a couple of things that are happening um, to try and help uh, support artists and creative people at this point in time. Um, and at the minute, the absolute best advice we can give you is to keep watching the news and keep looking at business news and keep looking at the uh, government advice that they're publishing um i know that sounds really dull but actually it probably is the best place to get confirmation of what's going on um but there are a few funds and things that have been set up to help one of which is um if you go on the arts council england website right now there is a specific um crisis fund set up for covid19 um, and they've got £20 million available to help individuals who are working in the cultural sector. Um, uh, and there are grants for up to £2,500. Um, so that's well worth checking out if you need to. Uh, the Society of Authors um, also have contingency funds um, for emergencies at the moment. Um, and they've got grants of up to £2,000 at the moment. Um, and this isn't uh, specifically in an, an extra one for COVID-19 but um, for anybody who doesn't know about them the Authors Licensing and Collection Society ALCS um, is essentially PRS but for writers um, so you uh, can sign up to be a member of them if you have any published work and that includes work in anthologies um, and they basically work out from like library distributions and things like that. If you're owed any money, you might as well do it. Um, it's probably not going to give you a lot of money, but it's worth doing if you have anything at all published. Okay, so before we move on to the open mic, anything you guys want to plug personally? Uh, anything I want to plug? Um, this month, I have bought a book, which I'm very excited to read in hard copy because I saw it in uh, in early drafts and it was excellent then. And that is Biceps by Laurie Eaves, which is available from either Burning Eye Books or from laurieeaves.com, I believe. So I've I've ordered my online uh, I've ordered my physical copy and I'm looking forward to that arriving. Laurie, please cheers. Um, it was going to be Laurie's book launch on April first, and it's been cancelled for the same reason everything's been cancelled. Uh, but that will be happening again at some point soon. At some point when we're allowed. It's also available at my uh, Big Cartel page, laurieeves.bigcartel.com. <laughs> So I've actually, right, this is really lame, um, but so because um, my birthday is uh, in a couple of weeks and I've had to cancel all the things I was planning for my birthday and I'm going to spend my birthday sitting at home like all the other days, um, apart from my, you know, government mandated exercise. Um, so what I've done is I've ordered a few things online and I'm like leaving them in their packet so I can then open them and they'll be like birthday presents. But I've also included your book, Laurie. That's oh, my shit. birthday present. So I'm not reading that until my birthday. Oh, exciting. Myself, Interesting. Uh, to try and, try and give myself some birthday joy. So the other goofy thing that I would like to plug. 
So I run this uh, goofy project called Dragons of London, where I am uh, recording the unique biodiversity of London's dragon population. And on April 1st, which is also uh, Dragons of London's first birthday, it's now been around for a year, um, an organisation called Green Space Information for Greater London, with the acronym GIGGLE, who, despite the date and despite the acronym, they are actually a real organisation. Um, they have done a map of London... Uh, with all the dragon sightings that I've got put on there in the same way that they will do wildlife counts of like wild birds or butterflies or whatever. But they are, they are uh, recording my dragons in a lovely online map. Um, so yeah, if you want to check that out, go to uh, dragonsoflondon.org or dragons of London on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you need some whimsy and there's some uh, outdoor walks by proxy, <laughs> uh yeah dragons of london is doing silly things as ever you can find me on twitter uh mr lee mr l eaves mr leaves you can find me on facebook at laurie eaves poet and i've just got a shiny new instagram which is also at laurie mm -hmm. eaves poet um also a couple of other plugs uh other things i've got going on at the minute i uh obviously have the book out as hannah said uh but also i'm going to be on the next episode of the burning eye podcast um which will be out shortly um and the find the right words podcast um for april as well i see what i have it's not even a plug it's something i should have said up the top in the what did you do this month thing um but it's a brag and i'm gonna fucking brag and i'm sorry guys um i got long listed for the outspoken poetry prize yeah you did um, congrats i did Woo! i did uh so yeah my my poem um history lesson uh, sorry, this is how to forget your history is what it's actually called now. Um, that got got long listed. Um, the shortlist was due out last week, but then obviously everything sort of, you know, mm -hmm. coronavirus-y. Um, I assume because they haven't contacted me, I have not been shortlisted, but they're postponing announcing the shortlist. Um, okay. I'm absolutely like, like the, the other poets on the long list were amazing. So I'm just, I'm properly just thrilled to be It was great to see you on that. Ask a little bit and having been on the long list. Yeah, you yeah. deserve it. Uh, so that was exciting. You did awesome. Um, cheers. Um, so yeah, if you want to find out more about uh, me and my poetry, you can find me on Twitter at Rebecca K. Cooney um, and on Instagram uh, at any name but Becky. Uh, you can also find my website, uh, RebeccaKCooney.wordpress.com. And uh, I've also got a Muddy Feet Poetry video out at the moment. My poem, The Astronaut, has been made as one of the videos and they've made a beautiful job with it. They've kind of made these little stars appear. It's so pretty. It's just so pretty. Oh, um, I'm going to check that so out. Yeah, have a look for that on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Dead Darlings Pod, Facebook as Dead Darlings Podcast, and on Instagram at Dead Darlings Pod as well. Uh, you can also email us at deaddarlingspodcast.gmail.com. If you liked what you heard, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and help us to spread the word um before we go on to the open mic i just want to say thank you to all of our poets their details will be available on our social media um so thank you to them for letting us showcase their work uh, thank you to my co-hosts hannah hutzper and laurie eaves to texas radio for our theme music and to you for listening so on to our open mic we had a fantastic response to our calls for submission and it's been amazing to hear familiar voices and new ones bringing us poetry in isolation um, for this open mic, normal rules apply. Everyone gets five minutes and kicking down is not allowed. We also asked everyone who submitted if they had any recommendations for books, poems, resources, tips or anything else that they thought people should check out to keep the isolation blues at bay. I personally would have recommended having a fake housemate to blame things on.
<laughs> Unlike a regular open mic, you can't go up to the poet in the break and tell them how amazing you thought they were. But many of them shared their social media details. So if you like their work, give them a follow and let them know that you appreciated it. And feel free to tag us too. Uh, we've had such a great response to this um, that we probably will be doing it again in the very near future, either in next month's Dead Darlings episode or as one of our Little Darlings special episodes. It was something that we were toying with as a Little Darlings project before um, the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, and obviously that has now kicked it uh, up the agenda a little bit. Um, follow us on Twitter uh, and Instagram at Dead Darlings Pod. Um, and search for uh, Dead Darlings Podcast on Facebook to keep up to, up to date and to get the details of how to submit for our next open mic and when it is. So without any further ado, welcome to the very first Dead Darlings open mic. Pull up a chair, get a drink at the bar, kettle, fridge, whatever. And please welcome our first poet onto our audio stage. Hi guys, uh, Tim Kiley here. Uh, this is a poem called The Voice on the Podcast Says Hello. Um, given the circumstances, I imagine a lot of us are listening to podcasts, very much like this one, and are finding that they are nourishing a very important part of them and doing a lot of work to keep us sane. Uh, this one in particular is dedicated to two of my favourite podcast people, David and Lizzie Turner, the team behind the wonderful Lunar Poetry podcasts and a poem a week. So uh, hope you enjoy. Also, there's a little bit of E.E. E. Cummings in there if you listen for it. Hello. Here is the box of seeming noise stored up against the silence, trying to make something interesting. Here is the scratch of air, here is the shift of cloth on cloth, on skin, on surface, on a one day becoming an intimacy. Here is what spins itself into your ears, soft tells. Here is the longing sun, here is the window, here are the soundless birds, here are all the unhearable things soliciting conjuration. Here is promise. Here is the aspirant. Here is the oh-so-near of enfolding. Here is the queerness of home. Here is eggshell. Here is christening. Here is the swallow that follows each utterance. Here is the awkwardness that must. Here is anticipated. Here is awaited. Here is the weight of a windscaped day, somehow small enough for the hand, somehow amounting withoutness. Here are roses, here are rows of unentered seconds, and hello. So uh, that's it. Um, if you like my stuff, then uh, follow me on Twitter at TimKiley1 or on my Facebook page, TimKileyPoet. And uh, as for recommendations, I am finding at the moment uh, real medicine in the work, especially of Thomas Transchermer and uh, Denise Riley. So um, get your hands on them if you possibly can, but really just read everything. Uh, my library, such as it is, is proving so rich at the moment, and um, we have no idea how long we're going to have to rely on it. So I would recommend getting as familiar with Friends Between the Pages as humanly possible. 
Uh, and of course, keep listening to wonderful podcasts. Um, take care, everybody, and I shall see you around sometime. Hi, my name is Isabel Kenyon, and I'm going to read to you from Growing Pains, which is my new chapbook with Indigo Dreams Publishing. Uh, for your isolation reading, it is £6 if you like the sound of it and want to go look it up at Indigo Dreams after. The poem's called Sometimes I Feel So Alive With You, I Can't Breathe. Can you hear the pennies? It will define us. Tell me. Are you anxious? My ergonomically adjusted chair brings me productivity. It allows for weakness. You broke your back for the spreadsheet. There are other ways, I say. Numbers bleeding from your ears. There is an end goal. If you found it, would you know? We're sitting heavy. Meters of intestinal tract unraveling. Pound is a weary art. It will define us. Searching for numbers. Words, pot of gold numbers, tell me. Are you anxious? Thank you. Um, and a little plug as well uh, for a submission call that's open at the moment with Fly on the Wall Press, which is a socially conscious publisher in Manchester that I run. Uh, we've got a Mancunian Ways Anthology submission call out. We want your poems about Manchester, your photography and your art inspired by the city and the grit and the humour um, and everything about the history to do with the city. My name's Spesh, and this poem is called Near. In the mood for love, stop streaming at midnight, gets deleted from the site. I'm only halfway through, but I can't continue. She's coming over, and I'm coming up. I'm in the mood for love. And when push comes to shove, my affinity for cinema is trumped by any chance of romance or dropping my pants. But I'm not in it for a simple sexual transaction, no. I just want to kiss and cuddle. Feel close, feel near to someone in these self-isolating times. I guess I want her to come over so I can prove that they can be in love in the time of corona or covid or Fifi. I don't know, but I know her. Know her from that dark mane down to her toes. It's crazy out there. The people are scared and the most vulnerable will suffer. But it's tough to fucking care all the time. And there's no more fucking care left to buy. The shelves are as empty as my capacity to give a fuck. I'm in the mood for love, but a very selfish love at that. I just want it to be me and her while the world burns. Right now, this moment is perfect and I'm tracing my finger down the curve of her bare back, skin-to-skin -skin contact. Nowadays, those words make people shudder and recoil, so this is our own little rebellion, perfect foils to the alarmists. We're going to cultivate our garden, because everything seems so urgent and my future seems so uncertain, but right now I'm laid next to a person who's the complete centre of the universe. Fuck being burdened with the woes of existence. I'm in the throes of resistance. It feels like I'm on the cusp of finding some meaning, something I can reach out and touch. I'm in the mood for love. And she's here, so near, even when she's not. She's gone, but her scent hasn't left the bed yet, so I smother myself in the sheets, feeling replete yet defeated by a loneliness owed to an unknowingness of what's to come. Because when she's near, 
there's no fear. But when she's far, it's hard to block that part of the brain, the part that casts doubt. Yet, if the feelings change and if you never see each other again, there's solace in the knowledge that the moment hangs eternal in the universal timeline. It may seem hidden within the infinity of connection, but if you look close enough, you'll find it. Thank you. Um, I don't have much to plug, um, unfortunately. Uh, you can follow me over at Spesh the Poet. I've got a paltry few followers uh, on Twitter, um, but you know, um, I try and uh, uh, every now and again get active on there, and I post a few poet, a few poems, and po- a bit of poetry as well. Uh, but yeah, um, oh, in fact, you know, I, I, can, I guess I can plug someone else's. Uh, something. Uh, my friend Niall, who runs Poetry Unplugged at the, the Poetry Cafe in London, um, he has a podcast called Rusty Sonnets. It's really good. He uh, kind of explores and analyzes um, poems uh, of the past, uh, coming up to uh, um, the contemporary uh, kind of poets. Now, I think actually, I believe he's doing. Um, he's doing. Uh, he's looking at uh, Paradise Lost. Um, and he's doing like I think did, I, I, I've not I've not read Paradise Lost. He's like chapters or or sections. So he's doing like a section each podcast. So he's he's kind of go. He's like if you've never read Paradise Lost but you want to read it, he's doing like a kind of monthly kind of book club type thing. Uh, so you can read along with him. Um, but yeah, uh, go check that out. Uh, Rusty Sonnets. I think you can get it on pretty much everything like SoundCloud and the uh, the podcast kind of app on on iTunes. But yeah, um, I'm special. That was my poem. Thank you. Hello, Marjorie Moorhead. I'm reading Coronavirus Diary 3, 3-20-2020. It's not as though life is perfect and everything is shining and smooth. No, there's a lot I'm unsatisfied with. Many cluttered things, undone in dust. So why is there this precious feeling like an ache in my heart when the birds sing? They sing and fly together in the breeze and the branches, and my heart cracks open like the ice cliffs calving, and the thought that life may end is an unbearable thing. Hi there. My name is Or Martin, and I will be reading you were saying about yesterday. A Friday night in spring, insert metaphor about blooming tulips, images and quotes on t-shirts. Somebody tries to give me a 10. This isn't goodness. Open mouths, closed doors, songs of money and loss. We didn't sit close together. It's always about him, but something buried won't remain that way. I can play a requiem for what I'll never have. Notes and music reach for something, switch to a minor key, and you feel incomplete. It won't land. You'll always be waiting for resolution. Clipboard art prints, constellation at my feet. Was I left behind, yet again, and always alone? Enough bodies nearby people I don't care to speak to. I'm sick of people with friends. I have a furnace fueled by oboe music field of smoke. I never doubted I could love. Then, no one was waiting for me in the audience. Just roses for basic bitches. I walk into a room and disappear. I never see myself the way other people do. 
He reminded me how fragile it was. I want to break every glass in my apartment and hold the shards with bleeding hands. No one wants me and never will. There's your fucking metaphor. For books, I recommend Philip Schaefer's Bad Summon. He has an excellent collection of poetry. For fiction readers, I would recommend Meg Ellison's Roads to Nowhere series. Those are outstanding books about strong women. If you want to keep the blues at bay, I would suggest checking out other writers and literary magazines on Twitter to see how they're coping and how you can support each other. Thank you, and stay safe and well. Hi, my name's David Ralph Lewis. I'm a poet from Bristol, and this is a poem I wrote a few months ago, um, but has become a bit more relevant now. It's called Failed Hypothesis. We triple-checked the results. Today, with its heavy skies, is an impossibility. We are between ourselves, stuck in the gaps between electrons without any observation, that nebulous space of possibility, despair and hope merging together to create endless static. The charts are incoherent, the data now unreadable. We halted the experiment early, filled up beakers with tears, and released chemical compounds into the fragile atmosphere, just to see what would happen. All textbooks are now runes from a lost civilization, too poorly studied for comprehension. Under this fractal tree, I breathe and try unsuccessfully to forget all I know. Thanks very much. Um, I'd like to recommend um, Sam Grudgings is doing a newsletter of poems um, called Poems to Keep You Company. Uh, They're sending out to um, people who, who are isolated and might need it. Uh, he's doing all that as a free printable uh, PDFs. Uh, so I'd really recommend checking that out. All right. Thank you. Bye. V.B. Borian. Memento Mori. I sipped my tea and observed a boot of God heavy in the sky. The waiting is about to be crumpled to bits by its pointy top. Threatened by a cloud, yet not merely a cloud, a weather god. I sit back and catnap until it morphs into a bear or a galloping horse. Dead darlings. Christopher Crockham here. I have been mostly using the lockdown period to wear my cowboy hat indoors and contemplate the emotional impact of technology-mediated relationships. And this is about that. It's called The Heartbreak Kid. I am the leader of a desperate gang of outlaws who will surely hang Desperados each and every one, mad from the breakups they've undergone. Their names are legends throughout the West, and each of them is an emotional mess. One such lad, he's awful mad, they call him Blubbering Pete. 
Since his wife left him, he can't stop crying. He should move on, but he's not even trying as he guns men down in the street. And wild girl Jane. She's half insane. That's something we know for a fact. When her boyfriend walked out, she went to the store and bought 200 cats. 200 cats in a one-bed flat. Each one is trained to kill. They'll tear sheriffs apart, as we all love. And Jane takes a sleeping pill. Folks tremble when we ride into town, willing and able to shoot them down. The Viagra kid and drunk text Bill, the Netflix binger and sob story Phil, Chlamydia Jones and inappropriate Paul, and Scourge of the West. That deadly pest, the overshare outlaw. Now in this one-horse town, I see you walking down the only dirt track street. I won't lie, my mouth goes dry, but it's too late to beat a retreat. Six-gun at your hip, tin star at your breast, it seems you're the marshal here. And you're the ex who dumped me by text. Yes, I feel a little thrill of fear. You narrow your eyes and squint against the sun and shout, I am the law. I go for my gun and your hand is a blur as you beat me to the draw. And the last thing I see is your contemptuous gaze like an ice blue poison dart. And the world goes black as your finger pulls back and you shoot me through the heart. Thank you very much. For more poems, see my Instagram page at Christopher Kraken. Thank you very much. Good night. Hello, listeners. My name is Kath Blair, and this is my poem, Upon Waking. It's the sun. Peeking through the curtain, lackadaisical in the way it lifts my eye mask and teases me into wakefulness. I am all flesh and no bones, octopus sprawled under bed linen. I am reluctant, insouciant, and seemingly still sleep deprived. Stretch up to hear the soft pop of my shoulder, the individual clicks of vertebrae. Remind myself that this is my body with its many needs, including but not limited to coffee, food, poetry. This is why I accept this soft blinding and rise. You can find me on Twitter at WhatTheBlair and on Instagram at Urban underscore Barbarian. My recommendation for chasing away the isolation blues is the Bread and Barricades podcast, an edu-comedy podcast about Les Mis. Hosts Nemo, Stevie and Grace discuss the famous brick chapter by chapter, looking at the historical context and its relevance to today. It is very funny, very informative, and a really good way to while away the hours. Thank you. Hello, my name is Alexander Woodward. This poem is called If the Wolf Comes. 
Let us build houses out of straw, grown slowly, left to ripen in the sun, and packed together into blocks. In the cooling twilight, our homes will smell of the harvest. They will be a cornucopia of joyful memories. If the wolf comes, we can rebuild. Our homes are sunlight and time, which are plentiful here. Let us build houses out of sticks, gathered together from throughout the woodland and woven into walls. In the peak of the day, our homes will smell of dappled clearings. They will be a grove of peaceful stillness. If the wolf comes, we can rebuild. Our homes are care and gentleness, which our mothers taught us young. Let us build houses out of bricks, baked to an ancient recipe and stacked with precision. In the blushing sunrise, our homes will smell of honest dust. They will be a sanctum for our dreams. If the wolf comes, we won't need to rebuild. Our homes are the industry of our friends, which makes them indestructible. Thank you. I hope you're well. Try to take care of yourself. Hello, my name is Rachel Lewis and these poems are all from my pamphlet Three Degrees of Separation. M on Holiday From the hotels they were tracking down, nothing but sound out there and air, alive in waves in seagull lungs and beach becoming sea becoming sky. M thought how much she was enjoying it as she waited watching the dark outside, for her brother to be too asleep to hear her in the toilet for an hour. She had to empty out her yesterdays along her tongue for the last time. They were lumpen, strange, acidic. She would start it all again tomorrow. No mistake, a fresh, clean start. She grinned, convinced by the thought. May on the swing. They had escaped into the waiting woods, through drifts of blackening brown and orange, ignored by pigeons feathered in cloud colours. And as they walked, a sludge blue rope swayed into view, a swing's frayed skeleton. May flung herself back on it, drawing a pendulum arc between the trees, laughing like a child in a children's novel. Then it snapped. M watched May's body fall, dropping three, six, eight metres, and then the drifts of dead leaves caught her, and May staggered up laughing, not dead. May returned. Held in the waiting room, facing, has someone died, restoring hope, and a leaflet for death for known, for grief, and a stock photo flower for each. The coffin frightened M. What if it moved? If death came out? 
and mum said it looked like a laundry basket. And then they were laughing, bursting the miserable funeral home with it, remembering, crying, laughing again. M's bus home was impossible. Life without May breathed on and on through their unfolding city. M and her brother. The sea unrolled itself towards the sky. The waves rushed in from forever away, left seaweed at their feet to dry, retreated, hushing what they had to say. M held out a knot for him to try, and he, a man so suddenly that day, untied it for her, understanding why. Nothing more you could do anyway. Then Mum stepped on a jellyfish and hopped off clutching at her toes, while seagulls wheeled and laughed with them at this madwoman screeching as she goes. So that's Three Degrees of Separation, and um, it's my first pamphlet, uh, published a year ago this week. It deals with, I guess, my experience of surviving an eating disorder and simultaneously losing one of my close friends to suicide. So it looks at uh, the love and laughter that you can still find in your personal relationships during mental illness, and I guess try to humanise people who are in mental states that people who've never been there can find quite alienating and kind of highlight the, yeah, the value and the real love that you can have for people and feel during those difficult times. So yeah, that's my pamphlet and that's my plug. Uh, it's still available to uh, buy if you're interested in having some more reading for your lockdown. It's available on Amazon, my publisher's website, which is Wordsmith HQ, or there's a link to buy it on my Instagram, which is at Rachel Lewis Poet. Okay, and uh, in terms of recommending some other things that are helping me stay sane during my lockdown, I'd really recommend looking up your uh, local Poetry Society stanza group if you're looking for a community to join that you can join remotely. Uh, they usually meet in person, but a lot of them are moving online and I've really loved being a part of mine. It's like a feedback workshop session uh, for poets. Then I've also really enjoyed tuning into uh, creatives live streams by a London-based poet called Christy Q. She does like half an hour talking to different creatives, so like photographers, poets, videographers, and they're just really lovely. So check those out. My name is Thomas McCall. I live in East London and my poem is about Instagram poetry and a poetry icon and where I fit in with both. And it is modestly called The Greatest Poem. I've been thinking that if I visit the Nayland Rock Shelter overlooking Margate Sands at the right time in the autumn of 2021, exactly 100 years on from when Thomas Stearns Eliot went there to write his masterpiece, The Wasteland, the greatest poem of the 20th century, then if I sit there long enough with my laptop, maybe I'll end up writing the greatest poem of the 21st century. Things in my favour. My first name is Thomas. I once worked for Lloyds Bank and I write poetry. Things that might go against me. My surname isn't Elliot, it's McCall. Working for Lloyds Bank is in itself no indicator of literary talent and history doesn't tend to repeat itself. In fact, what if this time round the inverse happens and I end up writing the worst poem of the 21st century? In the current climate, it's highly likely. Let's face it, 
Thomas Stearns Elliott had advances in psychoanalysis to help him get in the right frame of mind, whereas all I have is advances in social media. Who knows? Maybe by 2021, I'll have no choice but to fit my opus into four lines on Instagram. But then when I do, my simple artless platitude will inexplicably receive a million likes, and then released as part of a book will inexplicably sell a million copies, and my poem will be so bad that everyone will definitely remember it much more than whatever the best poem of the 21st century will actually be, written perhaps by someone who, like Eliot, may well be going through difficult times, and talented enough to harness adversity, will out of that create a brilliant epic poem. But unfortunately, there will no longer be anyone with the attention span to read it, let alone publish it, and he or she in despair will delete it and give up writing altogether. Whereas I'll go on to publish book after book, and William McGonagall will turn in his grave at no longer being the worst poet in the English language, usurped by Thomas McCall, now famous for having written the worst poem of the 21st century, or indeed any century. But that's the thing, writing the worst poem ever is no barrier any more to immense success. Thomas Stearns Eliot may well have been the best, but there's no room for that now. Now it has to be four lines or less, and totally trite. 1921, been and gone. 2021, bring it on. Well, that poem is taken from my new book uh, called Grenade Genie, which is published by Fly in the War Press. Um, it's due out, it's going to be published on the 17th of April. Um, and it is available for pre-order now. Anyway, thanks for thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Hello, my name is Matt Alton. I'm recording from my bedroom, living room, office, diner in Brighton. I'm going to do two short poems. Um, the first is, uh, as m many of us, I'm sure will have written at least one coronavirus poem so far. Um, and mine was written from a prompt on a creatives Facebook group I'm part of. And the prompt was, what happened to the toilet roll? What happened to the toilet roll, you ask, as you spy me dismounting the porcelain perch with a simple step? It's not the time for acrobatics, I say. I know we all need to have our fun and stay limbered up, but a post-potty pirouette is an unnecessary risk in these topsy-turvy times. Uh, and the, the second poem I'm going to do, um, I think, is relevant because many of us are going to be apart from our families and probably not going to see them for quite a long time. Uh, and we're going to be thinking about what it's like to be with them, and particularly thinking about the older members of our families. So I know that my grandparents are going to be spending a lot of time in their garden watching the birds. So this is Garden, and I wrote it for my grandma. My grandparents' back door is a magical passageway to wherever needs escaping to or from. Taken to Christmas cigarettes and brandy, silently I soak in the fumes. Making room at the teardrop table for someone's Mr. Right, I grip his shoulder and pass him the instructions to fix our wounded heart. 
the birdbath glints, and I rejoice that anyone cares about their cleanliness. Frogspawn pulses, half begging to be a meal before things get more complex. Its pupils dilate as we shoo the naughty dogs, their tails tickling the nostrils of the newest miracle in our world. Plastic toys litter the lawn, telling of the grown-up too fasts and the want to go back. Willow's grief gives reason for joy. I stroke her scratchy branches without comment. All reds are still buried, apart from the rusted wheelbarrow, no longer fit for occupancy. Here the early bloomers will survive the frost. My dream world is a simple one, all smells and sights and touches, and my family is all there together in its honesty. Yeah, so those are my poems. Um, I thought I would plug um, an event that will be happening when Brighton Fringe is rescheduled, hopefully in um, September or October, they've said. Um, there's an event that will be happening at Neighbourhood Cafe in Brighton uh, called Plant-Based Poetry. And you'll be able to get a fantastic three-course meal, three-course vegan meal for £25. And that will be punctuated by a set menu of spoken word poets. Uh, there will be three dates um, and I will be performing at one of those along with lots of other fantastic Brighton and Sussex spoken word poets. So. I do hope some people who are coming down to the fringe make it along to that. Um, thanks to Dead, Dar Dead Darling's podcast. You're doing a great thing. Um, and to all the poets out there, let's keep meeting in the virtual world. Keep sharing our stuff and uh, stay together. Hi, this is Maria. And this is uh, my poem inspired by the corona crisis that we're living through at the moment. <clears throat> so the title is Love in the Time of Corona. FaceTime, WhatsApp chat, group call on Zoom, pet your cat, phone your loved ones, laugh and cry, look up something new to try, do some gardening, clean your home, write that novel, make it a tome, shop for neighbours, volunteer, self-isolate. Don't live in fear. Call up that person you haven't spoken to in months. Check up on them every week, at least once. Make some art to express how you feel. Sing a song, cook a meal. Learn to play an instrument online. Find a new hobby to pass the time. If you can't go to work, you've got time to reset. Take a long bath, work up a sweat. Reconsider where your life is going. Do some knitting, do some sewing. Make time to help your community. Donate, deliver, connection is key. There's an old lady living at number four. Give her a call, drop food at her door Take time to appreciate the NHS And all of our carers doing their best For those of us lucky enough to survive The crisis reminds us that to be truly alive We need to remember that we are all one Every single organism under the sun We're interconnected, we're in this together And we'll come out of this stronger than ever 
Forget the barriers, forget the divides, ignore those that tell you you have to take sides because I need you and you need me. Let's love one another and set ourselves free. Thank you. My name is Elizabeth McGill and this is called Jellicosity. It's a cat picture I call into the next room and she, summoned, makes the feline pilgrimage from kitchen to computer desk. We worship like ancient Egyptians. Not as good as the donkey, she says, and she's right. The donkey played fetch with the beach ball thrown by a human partner and was clearly having a great time. We have reached a symbiosis by now. I call out the name of an animal and she no longer hides eagerness, good-naturedly comes over to the screen, humouring me as much as I am humouring her. Can animals rebuild a human? Can soft, wet noses and counting toe beans and tortoise-shell mottling cause a kind of resurrection? I, child, knew something was off-kilter and liked the mother-daughter days best because he took something away from her. Not with cruelty, no, but a personality filled with jolly mischief-making and rage so strong that it subsumed her weaker self. She was the agreer. The calmer downer, the smoother overer, and spent so long being tossed by the waves that all energy was focused on being witch, doctor, weather woman. There would be no storms at any cost as the rain streamed down her face. The storms always came from outside. I was outside. Stormringer, Ursula, and I would not play alone. Can animals rebuild a human? When you have forgotten who you are, your driving force headlights blink out. It takes an animal to bring you back. A cold, uncaring animal that just purrs and just curs about being fed and watered, gets underfoot, rubbing soft fur between your ankles and exists purely to survive. Meows for breakfast, lunch and dinner, and you become slave to the timetable, blindly wondering where your life went. The all-animalistic instinct of feed me becomes questions becomes who are you and who were you and who can you still be? Do you remember? Was there laughter? Do you sing? Did you sing? Is there music still inside you? And cat rolls over in front of the fireplace, exposing soft belly in great decadence, pretending not to notice the answers. There are jellical cats at the jellical ball. Cat tells tales of Mistopheles and dances so hard, hypnotizing all who watch. I couldn't dance, you say, and laugh. And laughter itself is a step forward. Cat licks a paw and pretends not to notice. I am too old to dance. Cat sneers, shrugs. If you're too old, then you're too old. But Cat pretends to forget and asks again. Who were you and who can you still be? Is there dancing anywhere within you? This is how I danced and rears up proudly, arching a back that was just meant to be arched, calculates a stumble to seem fallible and opens half an eye to see if you watch. There's a low hum from the kitchen, a tuneless, formless, happy thing. There's a breathless laugh from a room you watch TV in. Cat creeps down hallways, shedding fur, coughing hairballs and hope. Cat, you call. I saw a thing, a funny thing. Let me tell you the story of the thing. 
cat listens, curling around itself, turning and turning to get comfortable, settling in a crescent and seems not to care, but cat has a glow in its heart. Can animals rebuild a human? Gogglebox is on TV and we laugh because we know we're funnier than these people. Loud, rip-roaring, I can't believe he said that. You mentioned something small I had missed and I raise an eyebrow, disbelieving but enjoying. I leave the room and you call to me. There's a cat on TV. Good, I call back. Cats are good. Thank you, Dead Darlings Podcast. And if you'd like to follow me online, uh, you can follow me at Twitter, Candy's Eyes, C-A-N-D-Y-S-E-Y-E-S. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Ross McFarlane. I'm a poet and theatre maker from Glasgow, and this is Small Requests. Can I have thoughts of something softer? A greasy kiss outside the chippy. No passing shouts to make us run, no passing cars to tell our mums. Something public, something private. Somewhere we didn't have to hide it. I could leave your bedroom in the shirt you just had on. Can you be someone that I'm proud of? Someone I want to show off. Not what we have or how we wear it, because every day is your cowlick, something I'd tell everyone. Can this memory stay with me? Once all the hurt is gone. Can it be the best of first romances, the I'm so glad we had this, not this thing that never was? Can I think back without regret? Can I not get sad for once, not consider what could have, nor wonder if you had or what I should have done? What if I lived somewhere bigger? What if I was somewhat braver? What if you had been the finger flicking on the lighter's flint? What if we had been the friction? What if we were something? What if we were something? I hear you in songs I know you'd love. I see you in lost kids who have found their friends. I watch you on my TV and you're standing next to me. It often makes me happy. Often takes me straight to tears. I think of the people we could have been. Can I have thoughts of something softer? The queer teenage romance I never got. Imagine back and just enjoy the thought. Thank you very much. Um, my recommendation for anyone who's stuck inside and needs their fill of poetry is to find one of the many online writing communities that have sprung up with wonderful people all around the country. Get involved in online editing sessions, get involved in one-to-one -one advice, meet people, chat. It is the one opportunity where everyone's online and you can meet people who are doing amazing work all across the UK, Ireland and beyond. Um, just get as involved as you feel like you can at this time and don't put too much pressure on yourself. This is not a time for productivity. But it's not a bad time to give it a go. In terms of plugs, I have a pilot series of queer horror radio plays out on Tin Can Audio, 
written by myself, B.B. June and Sid Briscoe, who you should definitely check out. Um, The series is called Folklore, and there are three episodes, all based in Glasgow, all with heavy queer themes and all written as love letters to horror, a genre we all love. Thank you. Hi, I'm Anna Goulding. I'm based in Glasgow. Um, And I'd like to do a poem for you called Floorboards. I wrote this about my office building, which I now haven't been to for a couple of weeks. Um, But I wanted to do this one for you because um, I've been thinking a lot, like many people, about the indoors and about how we relate to the fabric of the spaces that we're within. So this is floorboards. The floorboards and I can speak freely. When you have passed time within one another, grains interlocking, feeling the weight of feet from below, you share a bond. I can communicate with walls made of stone. I know what it is to be stacked on rock year upon year, sheltered in the gaps between layered time. But this building is large and square and has no floorboards. It is stoneless and open and its siblings look in with many eyes and I find myself asking, is the chair below me cotton or polyester? To whom am I speaking? There is sand in the concrete, I am sure of it. I have debated sand with the sensitive skin under each fingernail, found it in every size of sock. But conversation does not flow when sand is fixed, transformed and uprooted like plastic. When I find myself among voices I cannot understand, I call to the bedrock. And it answers, like a taproot or a well. Thank you. My name is Matthias Monkey Edgar, and this is my poem, The Distance. Zero is where it always starts, but we have started going the distance, long distance, that is, or feels like though neither of us has moved will move for days or weeks they say we're still one mile apart as legs would carry or half that as the crow flies and i wish i could because these are shark infested waters now here be dragons now monsters with two meter halos that we have to keep at bay lest we curse each other keep the distance because We all carry deadly predator potential and all of us are sick already. One way or another, one day or another when faces become screams, frozen expressions, echoed voices bouncing and I'm surrounded by shifting walls when nothing but your arms would do, when nothing but your hand and mine could guide me through these troubled times. Our last long walk together through darkness still etched in ancient yellowing neural maps. The card you gave me is still sitting on my desk, brightening grey days with colour, with time.
tiny flowers, precision drawn and mirroring your lilies scenting my room. The message part comfort and premonition when you called me patient. I will be. And we will go this distance through snowstorm of uncertainty until all this will melt away and our distance becomes once again zero. I would also like to plug Laurie Eve's new book, Biceps, which is out on Burning Eye. Uh, it's a beautiful look at the inner workings of relationships and all those intimate moments that come with them. Thank you very much. Hello, uh, my name is PM um, or Priyanka Majanu. And this poem um, was written for International Women's Day. Um, and I think it's quite fitting at the moment because I've been reading a lot of articles about how women um, are suffering, especially in domestic abuse relationships. And I just feel like women in general, um, it's nice to support other women. It's nice to be there for other women. And that's basically what this poem is about. And it's very creatively called Women. Um, I don't know if I said that already, but this is a poem. Enjoy. You, woman, a sun, rising each day to set each night, even though you know the pain of doing both. You, woman, a sea, spreading yourself across continents simultaneously and sometimes even into those dark caves where no one else will go. And yes, sometimes you are tsunami. Sometimes you are whirlpool. Good. Some people deserve to be washed away. I hope you make them drown. You, woman, a soil. Built from the mud laden before you, growing things anew. It's a slow process, okay? You're still sprouting, so don't let anyone walk over you. Shit's tough. And you, woman a woman not a natural wonder or an unnatural disaster not divine nor domestic not anything you don't want to be just woman so that poem was um also posted on my instagram account which i'd like to plug um it's poet pre underscore m so poet p-r-i underscore m uh, a recommendation i have for poems um is anything by phil k and sarah k i know if you're into poetry you probably already know them but i love them and my all-time favorite poem uh, by phil k is beginning middle and end and you can just find that on youtube if you type phil k beginning middle and end and i think it's fitting in every single situation because it's just about how things don't go as we plan and sometimes like you can feel a bit lonely stuff can feel tough and that's just exactly what everyone needs right now to feel comforted um i hope this poem comforted you whoever's listening um in some way shape or form thank you for listening thank you for letting be on here uh dead darlings peeps you're all amazing and hopefully see you guys later bye Thank you.